What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Ravens Watch. Um, before we get into it, can we mess with my mic arm? Uh, I have some business to go over. First off, um, Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope you had an awesome Christmas. Uh, New Year's is right around the corner. I kind of did like a low-key thing. The wife and I just hung out with our son. It was just the three of us. Nice, calm. We actually didn't exchange gifts on Christmas because we uh, we were going out on Saturday. And so we wanted to kind of... I had some jewelry for her. She had some uh, outfit stuff for me. And so we both decided, hey, let's, let's wear our new stuff. So we swapped gifts on, on Friday. So Christmas was all about the boy. Um, but it was nice to just do it low-key. Especially we were real busy over the weekend. So I hope it was a nice Christmas for you guys. Um, before we get into it, I'd like to draw a little bit of attention to my super dope shirt. Nephilim Death Squad merch is on toplobster.com. If you should buy from now until the end of January, you will be entered into a raffle to win a enhanced Royal Rife machine from realrifetechnology.com. Uh, it's Matt Rife's website, not the comedian, uh, but the, I, I wanna call him an inventor, but I'm sure there's a better word for it, <laughs> but I'm gonna call him an inventor. Um, the Royal Rife machine is a, it's the, uh, the highest level of therapeutic frequency machine that uh, Real Rife Technologies offers. And so it is a $5,500 machine uh, that will be given away absolutely free at the end of the month of January to anyone who wins the raffle that you will be entered in if you uh, if you buy any Nephilim Death Squad merch between now and then. And so this is a therapeutic machine uh, because of the FDA, there's certain things you can't claim that it does. Although if you look at the reviews, people use it to alleviate headaches, uh, nausea, cramps, um, and also a litany of other things. Some people claim that it helps them with their cancer. Uh, but like I said, for um, sort of legal purposes, it is strictly labeled a therapeutic machine. Uh, so toplobster.com, pick yourself up any Nephilim Death Squad merch. That means dope shirts, hats, jackets, um, hoodies, and you will be entered into the raffle. Uh, don't forget to go to YouTube, Rumble, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to The Raven's Watch and wherever you listen to Nephilim Death Squad and drop us a five-star rating. Really helps the show grow. And uh, one more announcement. Uh, as we go forward with Nephilim Death Squad, we're going to be getting away from the live streaming because uh, we want to be able to pay attention to our guests and not be so distracted by the chats. That being said, a lot of you guys are OGs when it comes to supporting us from the very beginning of the show's inception. And so uh, if you want to still be along for the ride in the live chats, you can do so. But what you'll have to do is go to patreon.com backslash Nephilim Death Squad. And if you sign up, uh, there's a $3 tier, a $5 tier, and a $10 tier. All sorts of uh, cool discounts and bonuses will be coming down the pipe. But for now, one of the main ones we're going to be starting with is a link to the live stream 
So although YouTube and Rumble won't be watching, you can watch us live behind the scenes and you can also uh, communicate with us via the chat. And so that's our way of uh, sort of giving something cool for our day oneers out there. So that's not going to be offered forever, obviously, because you can't have 100 people in the chat and expect us to get to everything. Um, so the gates are closing, but for the few of you that sign up in the beginning, you'll be getting that, that, uh, that link. Um, and then we'll go into the rest of that stuff later. But today, I actually have another testimony, and I'm thinking about going in this direction permanently with the show because every time I read a story from someone who wants to share their paranormal or their supernatural testimony with me, I inevitably get a few more. And so I expect the trend to continue as I go on with this one. Um, and it's fascinating for me to read these stories. Some people don't want to share them on video. And so I have the ability or really the, um, how do I want to put this? It's the pleasure. Uh, <laughs> this is already, I know this isn't, this isn't real. Conspiracy extremist. Can you turn the music down a bit? I don't think there's any music, dude, and you're messing with me, and I know you are. Um, I was going to say, if there's music playing, toss a, an M in the chat, but it, it's just going to be filled with M's of people that are lying to me. So, um, <laughs> I have the, the pleasure from time to time of being able to read these things, and it's really cool because a lot of people don't want to share it because it's it's to say that there is um oh, man all right these guys are saying there's music let's find out if there's music i don't know where there would be music from oh you know what <laughs> i should trust you guys there was music unbelievable unbelievable oh great that's gonna be the first <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I just bought StreamYard, and I'm trying to mess with all the functions um, and see what kind of stuff it could do. That's so lame. Oh, I was just doing it to acoustic music. Anyway, uh, thank you, guys. I should have I should have listened to you. I just don't. Ext conspiracy extremists is uh, he's he's one of those guys, and I thought he was screwing with me. Uh, go check out his podcast, though. Uh, Horseshoes and hand grenades. So. Where the hell was I? I can't believe you guys are being submitted to acoustic music the whole time. So anyway, it's really cool to be able to read these testimonies because a lot of people, they don't want to, <laughs> I wouldn't have believed me either. Yes. Thank you. Conspiracy extremists. Um, <laughs> so, uh, um, but it's really cool because some people are afraid to share the stories. And I understand what that's like because um, as somebody who's had a bunch of paranormal experiences myself, it is very difficult to share them with people, or it used to be. Now I'm I'm really good at it. But I remember what that was like in the beginning. It's like you try to share a story with somebody, and there's, it's rarely received the way you think. You set out to tell somebody about your supernatural experience, and you expect it to be like, oh, no way. It, really? Well, what else happened? What was that? And it's like, that's never how it is, dude. People are just kind of like, whoa, that's crazy, man. And that... <laughs> kind of hurts a little bit. So um 
I enjoy being able to to read those submissions. And so I think that I'm going to move the show in a permanent function that way. And hopefully it adds as a good uh, supplementary show to Nephilim Death Squad because not everybody wants to get on there and and share their their crazy stuff. So um, without further ado, let's get into it. So I was uh, I was shot this message after reading the last uh, testimony by M, I believe is what what he went by. And M had a lot of interactions with entities that in some ways did remind me of the Colin story. For those of you that don't know, um, Colin was an anonymous guest that shared with us his experiences on the Raven's Watch. And to make a long story short, he was in contact with entities after going through a rough patch in his life and also experimenting with mushrooms getting to the point where he was reliable con- reliably contacting these entities. And then, believe it or not, much to my surprise, these things pushed him in a direction of bettering himself and also finding God, Christ, and the church. Go figure. Um, and so Ems was a little bit different. He had sort of a parasitic relationship with an entity, a female entity that um, wasn't necessarily evil is how he put it. Um, although there was some darkness there, but he entered into a sort of quid pro quo with it where he would, um, I guess be able to ask it questions and also be able to know, um, just the right thing to say at the right time, in particular to women in return and also unlocking, uh, some abilities uh, that he had, some latent abilities. And this is not, you know, as wild as that may sound to some of the audience, unless you guys are not new around here, uh, that is not an uncommon thing. And so in return, this thing would be able to feed off of his emotional energy. And so things like sex and partying uh, was really what it was into. And that left... Colin, I'm sorry, that left M, Colin's the other guy, that left M in a sort of dulled state. And that uh, really sort of tanked his marriage. And um, eventually he met a girl who he wanted to pursue and wanted to have a future with, knew that he couldn't do that, asked this because of the emotional state that he would be in, drained uh, of heightened emotions. So he asked this thing to leave. And um, now I get a message from uh, a guy named Scott, and it goes as followed. He says, what's up, man? I'm Scott. I have <clears> – <throat> sorry, guys. I got some crap in my throat. I have had some pretty weird experiences from early adolescence on. Let me preface this with I was an atheist for years. But I also had a period when I began questioning when my kids were born. So right there, already some interesting insight, right? Um, Oftentimes when people have paranormal experiences, they stem from childhood. Uh, I see that a lot. We'll start with the battles with sleep paralysis. I'm 15 years old 
at the time. And it starts with the best I can describe as a rumbling in my bones, almost a super high frequency buzzing. Now, for those of you that are, aren't familiar with this, I'm going to stop a lot because <clears throat> as soon as I read something that is interesting to me, I have to kind of capture the thought before it leaves my brain. So that frequency buzzing, I think what, what sparked uh, Scott's memory or at least desire to share this story with us was hearing M's story about how when he tried to ask this thing for its name, it emitted sort of a, a, a frequency. The female entity that, that M was dealing with explained that he couldn't, uh, it couldn't be spoken. And so the closest thing that happened as far as a translation of name goes was a series of like buzzing vibrational frequencies felt in the bones. And for those of you who have had sleep paralysis, it is often accompanied with this overwhelming sensation of maybe being electrocuted, being vibrated. Um, and I, I've had that experience myself. And I think there was a direct correlation with the feeling of being electrocuted or vibrated. Certainly an intense buzzing felt throughout the body. Uh, direct correlation with that and paralysis, which kind of makes me lean towards an electric sensation just because um, electricity has a, a way of locking up your extremities or locking up your whole body. Right. So if you get hit with a taser, boom, everything stiffens up. Um, <clears throat> so. A rumbling in my bones, almost a super high frequency buzzing. Next thing I see, a shadow figure with a top hat standing near my door. I don't know anything about how it stopped or any deep details on what I was thinking or to get it to stop. So he doesn't really remember how he got it to stop. And right there, again, this goes back to maybe some of the earliest episodes of the Ravens watch were on episode number 26. I think, um, I believe my very first episode was on the hat man. Uh, maybe my fourth episode was on the hat man. And then there was another episode after that, that was on the hat man. So a lot of people, when they have these, uh, episodes of sleep paralysis, they encounter various shadow people, but they can be sort of cate categorized. There's the short, like child size shadow people. Um, the very tall, and lanky shadow people, oftentimes they're like stupid tall, like they almost got to crouch to come in the door or they're in the corner and they're hunched because the ceiling is obstructing them from standing fully erect. Uh, and then there is just normal humanoid looking shadow people. They're all humanoid, right? But I mean, much more proportioned like an average human. There's a hooded shadow figure often with glowing eyes seem to self-illuminate and then there is um one that i am sort of fully enamored with which is the hat man and the hat man is a shadow entity that wears something reminiscent of a top hat although that will vary it won't always be a traditional top hat in the sense of like abraham lincoln right it'll it'll vary in height in other words, but always that style, sort of um, almost like a fedora, but with a with a much wider brim. I'm sure there's a conventional name for that hat. I don't know what the hell it is. And he often has 
When it comes to the hat man, I've I've heard his his garb described in two ways. Actually, let's call it three ways. A suit, an old-timey duster coat, and a sort of cape or a cloak. Not with a hood, but like, you know, one that drapes over the shoulders. Um, and we're going to draw attention here to the fact that Patches O'Houlihan has seen him. And Patches, I think you might be um, surprised. I certainly was when I first discovered how many people. This is a regularly occurring phenomenon, even though his garb is one that is, I would say, more iconically Western. This is something that is seen all over the world. In fact, there is a video game from PlayStation 1 by a Japanese creator where he wanted to create an unconventional video gaming experience. And so what he did was, instead of having, you start at point A, you get to point B, there's enemies and objectives and obstacles on the way, he decided to just have it be abstract. And what he did was he animated his dreams. <clears throat> and so you're in this room that doesn't make a lot of sense. It feels certainly very dreamlike. The way the levels transition one to the next, they make no sense as a dream does. But one of the dreams, the hat man is there. And this is a Japanese video game creator. Um, if anybody's in the in the chat or in the audience, look that one up because it's, it's kind of haunting. Um, okay, so let's go on here. Uh, rumbling in my bones. Boom, 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 boom. Next thing I see a shadow figure with a top hat standing near my door. He doesn't remember how it ended. After that, <laughs> after that, I started digging deep into what the fuck was going on because my mom didn't know. Led me to read up on lore, especially, or e ESP, I'm sorry, thought that was shorthand. ESP, lucid dreaming, all kinds of shit. It was then that the conspiracy stuff started popping off to me too. And I just want to say to Scott, Hell yeah, brother. That is exactly how I got into it as well. I heard stories from my grandmother. I heard stories from uh, my stepdad's mother. And they were the same story. Being paralyzed, entities visiting you, shadow people, and um, the hat man. And so... I forget how I got there, but I remember asking questions about this phenomenon and finding out that other people in my family had seen it and then taking to the internet and learning about all this paranormal activity, having experiences myself, seeing how they fit the bill, you know, paralyzed, shadow entity, vibration. In my case, it was a uh, very bright white light. Um... And then, so that leads into everything, dude. That leads into the paranormal and the supernatural, aliens, abductions, all this shit. And once you start going down that path, then all of a sudden, occultism, boom, the door's kicked open on that. And I'm wondering why I'm seeing fucking satanic uh, symbolism in music videos in Hollywood. And that was it. I was off to the races. That was 16, 17 years ago. Uh, so that's very cool. Scott, that that ended up being the case for you as well. Um, oh, there we go. 
Boom. Definitely was a cloak. Thank you, sir. Um, Petra Tilling says, like the gunslinger. Yes, that's a great way of putting it. Like the gunslinger. Um, you're talking about Dark Tower, right? From Stephen King. And that motherfucker knows some shit. He is in to the occultism. Okay, check out the uh, Patches O'Houlihan says, check out the Haunted Cosmos episode about sleep paralysis. Two Christian dudes discussing the history and biblical connections. Yes, sir. Absolutely. That sounds very interesting, and I will check that out. And what's up to you, Optimistic Bear? Yes, there you go. Uh, the Dark Tower. Yeah, so... <clears throat> One of the things that's really interesting, I'll give you the shorthand in this. I don't want to get too derailed, Petra, but um, doing several episodes with Paul of Understanding Conspiracy, he goes into how the Nephilim, the biblical Nephilim, they look like clowns. And that um, the modern day vis visage of the clown is an homage to that. And then, boom, you go straight into it of Stephen King, right? Where um, obviously you've got some interdimensional clown creature that also morphs into various other terrifying creatures um overly exaggerated wide mouth with rows of teeth it feeds on children it when it's destroyed in the book or it's not really destroyed at the end of the first book spoilers guys at the end of the first book when they kill it um three orbs of light come out of it and they say to it like what are you and it says uh, we are Legion. And then it fucks off. Um, and they know that since it's not been destroyed because the orbs escaped, that they're going to have to come back here many years later to fight it again. And what's really strange is uh, they have an orgy in the book, even though they're children. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And then to Green Mountain Girl. And for days, for today's kids, there's Huggy Wuggy. What a fucking weird... I don't let my kid watch that shit. All right. So the second, uh, Scott goes on, the second sleep paralysis event, same noise, same feeling like you're in an engine room. That's very interesting. Yeah. On a fucking train. Man. Yep. There you go. That speaks to the intensity of that vibration. Um, Just vibrating the hell out of your bones. This time I didn't see anything, but I can hear footsteps shuffling like three to five sets of them scurrying around the bed, under the bed, kicking up on the bed. Fucking terrifying. That time I was 17. I think I had a very similar experience around 17. Not that intense, though. Around the time I found out I was going to be, I was going to be a dad, I believe is what, there's a typo there. I hope I'm not mischaracterizing that. <laughs> um, around the time I found out I was going to be a dad. A few years later, was the one I remember like it just happened. Same thing as the first one. Dude just standing there. I can't move. My son and my daughter are lying right there next to me on the bed. I remember thinking, I have to stop it. He started coming towards me, and I just remember trying to yell and scream, and nothing came out. Yeah, man. That that There's like this... um. It's not just paralysis of the body, right? Like your eyes can move, and they do. They like dart around the room insanely. But your inability to summon your voice is really crazy. That's like one of the scariest parts. It's almost like it's suffocating. 
in a way like you can still breathe but your inability to like make noise really drives that panic home um and then it's just this big um what would you call it reciprocal uh feedback loop of like not being able to scream getting more panic not being able to scream getting more panic it's fucking it's horrifying um okay i remember thinking i have to stop it uh he's coming towards me i try to scream nothing came out then i heard a booming voice like powerful calm stern in quotes pray and i start calling out to jesus christ to protect my children and then like a switch everything stops i can still feel the vibration and just kept thanking him over and over and then it felt like i was in his presence like i saw him but it was an image you know like i could see an aura around and just felt this crazy feeling of just absolute peace and belonging man okay so cool so cool so um i'm no biblical theologian guys i have a i have a bible it's right there on my dresser but i don't um i've not read it i just suck at reading to be perfectly honest i have like the book of enoch and i started reading part of it and then i was like and i just i start like i fall asleep really early so the only time i have to read is like before bed and nothing puts me out like a light quicker than reading so anyway it's my understanding that within the bible there's this descriptive of um the name of christ giving us power over these entities <laughs> yeah there we go oh here, here this is something i would like to so boom when he was 17 his son was born thank you scott because i wasn't sure if i was like am i misreading this um and Green Mountain Girl says that it's pretty dry. Yeah, and that's that's the thing, right? Is it's more like, especially the first book, I guess the book of Genesis is like mostly a tracking of genealogy, which gets a little like hard to focus on. Um, anyway, there is this notion of us having power over these entities via the name of Christ. And I can tell you that in my worst experiences, I've done that. I've, in my mind, um, but very clearly, you know, like quieted the noise and thought very, um, very clearly, I don't know how else to put that, on the name of Christ, um, asking for him to save me and my family, actually, uh, and my son. Man, Scott, we should get a beer. Um, and it works. And then from then on, I would see like, you know, shadow people over the years and I would call on Christ to like get him to kick rocks. So very interesting that, I mean, and this is something that we hear, there's a direct correlation between sleep paralysis and alien abductions. And I used to think that sleep paralysis would manifest itself as like what felt like demons, but this is actually aliens doing something to us. Now, I'm much more of the school of thought of, these are one and the same. I spoke recently on the best political show with Luke Rutkowski and um, and Clint Russell, uh, my co-host Top and I. We went to Miami 
And one of the things I was really happy to get across during that show was that uh, I don't like the alien narrative. I don't like calling these things aliens. I do believe they are demonic, but we can be a little bit more nuanced in that. They're the fallen angels. They are the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim. Uh, these beings are also responsible for creating a slew of hybrids. I think that they're all part of the same big dark family. We're at the top of it. It's the fallen. So the fallen are amassing an army. And these are the entities that we end up oftentimes, especially in the very negative situations, coming into contact with. And what I was happy to get across on that show was the dangers of rebranding them as aliens. And what I mean by that is when NASA disbanded, I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> there you go. When Nazis disbanded and were taken to America in Operation Paperclip, we hid them in places like NASA, right? And when a pharmaceutical company or a corporation fucks over the people or kills people, oftentimes they will rebrand and come out under a different name and continue, <clears throat> excuse me, continue doing the same shit. So with aliens, um, it's just, it's just a rebranding. It's meant to lower our guard when really these things are our ancient adversaries. And so, um, there is a direct correlation between alien abductions and uh, sleep paralysis, but they are one and the same. And so, uh, couldn't tell you where the hell I was going with that anymore. So let's continue. Man, really cool though that you were able to call on the name of Christ to to end that. Oh, that's exactly where I was going. Coincidentally, you can also call on the name of Christ to stop alien abductions. Go figure. So maybe there's a big key there that these are not alien abductions. These are um, entities that belong to, you know, the army that the, uh, the fallen are amassing. So seven months after that, I went through a divorce. Man, I'm sorry I keep stopping, Scott. But like this divorce thing keeps popping up. It's a very common theme. Um, he says nightmare situation all on its own. Went through another breakup four years later. This time I put all my faith in God to guide me through and heal me from past early childhood trauma and find a way to navigate all of what was going on. That's interesting. Maybe I could use something like that. But there is this, there's a common denominator so far in the past three testimonies that I've read. And it's suffering through a, a divorce, a traumatic and, and, and deeply upsetting divorce. And I often say that these entities, they feed off darkness. Some people get mad at me. They're like, oh, well, what? not all of them feed off of darkness and not all of them are bad. Right. That's fine. Maybe there's variation. But I'm just telling you, as far as the negative ones go, they feed off low vibrational energy, right? Uh, sadness, depression, anger, anxiety, rage, fear, um, you know, Divorces are, are traumatic. They're horrifying. I couldn't imagine going through one. But I could imagine that you would be emitting some of the lowest vibrational energy, you know, more so than most other times in your life. 
so these things they come to feed uh yeah green mountain girl shame shame is a big one too i experienced that um i was uh, when i had my run-in with you know a fucking demonic entity i was feeling very shameful in my um in my being a a bad husband and a bad father um i felt like a failure and so yeah they 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 sweep into that as well let's go here to optimistic bear behold i give unto you the power to tread on serpents and scorpions all over uh, i'm sorry and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall be shall by any means hurt you luke 10 19 man i really fucked that up huh guys um yeah so there you go that's what i was alluding to before and then leech says divorce is a thing that could bring a man to his knees real motherfucking quick uh we will go over the edge for love yeah i think obviously divorce is is horrifying for both parties but i just think that people oftentimes don't look at when it comes to men and their experience in a divorce how fucking sad it can be i've been through big breakups never a divorce i'm happily married and i mean happily like we've got a fucking awesome relationship um and before my wife i was in a in a I was dating a girl for, for seven years. I don't even know if you can call that dating. And when we separated, it was like, yeah, man, the immense sadness. Um, it is, I think, something we just mull over. We go like, yeah, it sucks. Um, for some reason, when you think about dudes and, and the way they feel in a, in a divorce, it's often like, but what about the monetary side of things? And the women will often be looked at as like how sad that is for them. They're like, man, it's sad for fucking both parties, dude. Um, so, all right, let's get back into this. It's just a crazy, in my opinion, it's a crazy uh, correlation there, the divorce. Um, so, uh, ask God to help guide him through his early tra childhood trauma, find a way to navigate all that was going on. I have read the Bible before. But never felt anything. I guess I wasn't reading it right then, or I was blinded. Then one night, I had a lucid dream or something that told me to start reading the book of Isaiah. Have had a bunch of those types in the last year or so. Those types of dreams or or, or whatever, uh, lucid dreams. Uh, biblical in meaning, but I don't know how to interpret any of them or if they have meaning to begin with. And then he said, God bless, Christ is king, and much love to you guys. So I said, uh, that was all very interesting. Uh, you were, I said promoted. I think I meant to say prompted. <laughs> Sometimes I think uh, uh, spell check is out to make me look retarded. Uh, you were prompted to specifically read Isaiah. Did you find anything there that stood out to you? Have you come across the idea of the hat man? Because, of course, you know, as soon as I see that, I'm like, oh, shit, dude, it's a hat man. Uh and then I even said to him, I think I'm noticing a pattern in regards to divorce and its correlation with paranormal experiences. So Scott goes on to say, yeah, in the dream I had, I was in a field and I came across a tower of stone as high as I could see and was ushered into the cellar of it by this man in a robe. Whoa, what the... <laughs> What does that even mean, man? That is like high-level symbolism. 
I'm not equipped in this moment to, to try to pull it apart, even if I could. You know, I'm no uh, um, dream interpreter. So, uh, in a field, a, a tower as high as he could see, and he's ushered into the cellar of the tower by a man in a robe. When he leads me, I see other dudes just like him chanting and speaking in tongues. They were preparing a feast or something. And then I hear that calm, stern, booming voice that feels like it's shaking my bones. He says, start with Isaiah. Damn, dude. That is... After reading Isaiah, I felt different. I have read the Bible before, but never felt anything more than it's just words on paper. I feel like something changed in how I read it. The whole book gripped me, almost like a euphoric feeling. Nothing really stood out, but it has become one of my favorite books. That's interesting. Sometimes I feel like, um, I don't know, like you have this expectation when you read the Bible, it should like speak to you. It's a special book and there should be something that's happening. And I certainly don't let that hang me up and and dismiss it but like i don't have that feeling when i was a kid i did seek out like the book of revelations to try to read it but it's it's dense dude um that first dream really messed me up dreams are weird dude dreams are are very strange i've had um i don't all right so so i don't ever really get a big chance to talk about my dreams so i think i'm gonna take a second to do that um uh so i had a dream once when i was a kid that i was standing at the base of a ladder and my father was standing there uh crying and i was in florida even though i lived in new jersey this ladder was in the middle of a road in florida going straight up into the clouds and i was uh shiny glowing um Kind of like the maybe because I watched Hercules, the animated movie, and remember when they this is probably why remember when they took little baby Hercules and they gave him the drink and he's drinking it and all of a sudden his gold shimmer goes away and he's kind of like gray. Well, I have a gold shimmer and I'm climbing up this ladder and I go up into the clouds and then I don't know, I almost feel like it was another dream, another time that I had that I came back down the ladder and I was like gray, like little baby Hercules when he drank the thing. And then I, I remember having another dream one time where I'm on a, a thin, um, uh, I don't know, pipe, like a concrete pipe going through the sky, through the clouds. And I'm kind of walking on it. I don't really care if I fall left or right. I'm just having a good time. But behind me, there is this other person that is um, in like their... I don't think they were like in their underwear, like tidy whities and they're holding on to this concrete pipe the way you would wrap your arms and legs around it. And they're very afraid of falling. And they're so afraid that they're like paralyzed, caught on this pipe. And I look to them <laughs> and I say, this is like super cryptic. I go, um, I go, we have to make a pact, a pact that we never forget where we came from. And then I fall off this pipe like willingly i open my arms i fall off the pipe down to you know through the clouds 
and then there's a giant hole in the earth. I fall through that hole, and inside this hole there's a cavern, and in the cavern there is a a tree with a trunk, the circumference of like a city, and I'm like suspended in the air, uh, and I could really I see like a zoomed out. I'm like little tiny dude suspended in the air, and there's like all this gold glitter dust, um, and so. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm suspended in the gold glitter dust that's coming off of the tree, and and yeah, and then I wake up. But dreams are, and I've like your ability to remember a dream for the rest of your life is really strange. I remember dreams from when I was like five, maybe even a little bit younger than that. Um, and to uh, <laughs> the oh my god, is that say Theta Investor? You know what's really weird. I love this dude. Theta, he said those are some nice bendy red bricks behind you. Theta Investor has been um, around since like day one of the show. Awesome dude. Thank you so much for supporting. I put an imaginary T in, in there. And for some reason, I always thought this said the Taint Investor. I don't know. It doesn't even make sense when I looked at it and finally slowed down. I've seen your name like a hundred times. I've talked to you on Twitter. Uh, solid dude. Awesome guy. Not the taint investor. Although not a bad name, really. Okay, so. Um, uh, I feel like something. Okay. After the experience, for sure. Oh, he's talking about Hatman now. When it happened, I had no clue what the Hatman was. I think my mom legit thought I was crazy. It was a few years after the initial experience that I learned that what I saw was a commonality with people that have had sleep paralysis events. And then he goes on, I may sound retarded, but sometimes I think these disembodied spirits of the Nephilim could be behind the attacks, and I don't think they're just spiritual attacks. What if they're behind collapse of a marriage? Man. If there's negative spiritual things, then there has to be positive spiritual things. Amen. What if there's a spiritual battle between the good and the bad? I personally think are I personally think that they feed off the energy. At first, I didn't see it or feel it, but looking back at how it turned me into a bitter, depressed, suicidal man, it just always felt like something was draining all the energy energy from me. By the grace of God, I'm here, though. I did notice my force, first divorce led to me immersing myself into occult-type teachings like New Age bullshit. Boom. So, what if they're behind the collapse of a marriage? So, I was kind of thinking about this the other day, and the 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 connection to um to these experiences in marriage right and on the surface you can go well a divorce puts you in a dark spot like i was saying earlier and then you could go a little bit deeper like scott did and say what if these things are responsible for a marriage falling apart and I think that 
there is really something there. When you consider what a marriage actually is, right? A marriage is a vow taken before the Almighty, right? In the presence of Father God, you make a promise to be with someone through thick and thin, and that only death will separate you. And in how many instances during our lifetime do we make that sort of a promise? It's a very unique one. So by that token, I could see that the darkness would have a vested interest in destroying that. So when Scott says, what if they are responsible for destroying a marriage? It's like, yeah, um, it's one of the most meaningful things you do on the world stage during your time here on Earth. Some people may make other promises along the way to God. But I would go as far as saying the vast majority of people will only ever make one. And, yeah, I would, I would imagine that these things, they invert God's creation. Um, they try to corrode us and that's a good point of attack. I would say Scott says it's a soul contract between two souls and God. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a hundred percent true. I think that's a hundred percent true. So that just really jumped out at me when I read that and I and I kind of said, man, maybe that's why there's this common thread. I don't know. It's just one of those things that that kind of laid heavy on me after I read it. And then he even says that um he thinks there may be spiritual or negative spiritual beings and positive ones, and I think that that's absolutely true. I think that one of the things M from the last story laid out to us was really compelling, was this idea that there are the fallen, Lucifer's rebellion, and these dark entities that still follow Lucifer. There are these dark entities that don't think that Lucifer is fit to lead, and so they break off and create their own factions. There are Entities that immediately after the rebellion realized it was fucked and have been working ever since to get back into his graces. There are some who figured it out along the way. So, M in the last episode laid out a pretty compelling idea for me, which was that uh, the underworld is chaos. And there's all these different factions fighting one another. 
and there's varying degrees of good and evil involved in these factions. So I would say that to Scott's question or really his ponderance as to whether or not there are good ones and bad ones, I would say yes. And the only thing that you really can do is pray to God for discernment. Um, that they feed off the energy. That's certainly, like I said earlier in the show, that was my experience. Um, I had something feeding off of my own shame and anger, feelings of failure, sadness, self-pity, all these different things, resentment. Something was eaten up real good off me um, until it finally, I think, gained enough power to sort of show itself and uh which i'm grateful for had it not shown itself i wouldn't have known how real it was and had it not shown itself i wouldn't have known the particular physical attributes when my wife described them and then when my son described them i wouldn't have had that in my head to know that it was the same thing um that feeling of of always having something draining you of all your energy all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that reminds me of the Nephilim Death Squad episode with Jerry Marzinski, when Marzinski was saying that the nature of these entities, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, I highly recommend checking out that episode of NDS featuring Jerry Marzinski, uh, a clinical psychologist of 35 years, working in the field directly with schizophrenics eventually came to the conclusion that these people were being influenced by um, entities outside of themselves, that it wasn't just hallucinations, that they were actually dealing with some outside influence. And he said that there was 23 patterns that he was able to identify and that a majority of the time these entities or these experiences or these schizophrenics, they would fit the vast majority of these patterns. One of them being that they eventually would sort of suck all of the life force out of a person and that they would eventually become a shell of themselves. The way he described it, in my mind, I pictured like a drug addict, you know, where physically... You're lesser than you were, but emotionally and your confidence levels, um, everything just sucked out of you. And so there does seem to be this constant pattern of these things. They'll feed off of that and they'll take and they'll take and they'll take until really you have nothing left to give. And then unfortunately for a lot of people at the end of that line is suicide. So uh, thank God that wasn't the case for um, for Scott, but it's uh it's strange, man. You know, from my point of view, reading these stories, seeing these correlations, I live in a world that's very much spiritual, and when I say that, I don't mean that I've got like crystals and that I'm aligning my chakras. Not at all, actually. What I mean is that, to me, it's not even a thought. 
as to whether or not these things are happening. I've just seen, so you have to understand, it's all anecdotal, although I don't like that word. But I guess in the sense of like it's not tangible and provable. But when, and I'm no Dr. Marzinski, but when I see patterns lining up one after the other after the other from one person's story to another person's story, it becomes very um, ineffective for me in informing hypotheses to deal with the idea that this is not even happening at all. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to figure out what all this means and I probably never will, but I do think that I, I get to some very interesting places through this process. I wouldn't get there if I had this constant block of like, this isn't even real. You know what I mean? You're looking at a pile of um, patterns that's immense, gets bigger all the time. I'm sure from this episode, I'll receive a few more stories. And um, and I'm sure there's going to be a few more patterns that line up with previous stories. I mean, not for nothing, guys. The last three stories. You have this one. Go back and listen to the last episode of The Raven's Watch with M, and you'll find an incredible amount of correlation. And then go listen to the episode of Nephilim Death Squad featuring Colin, and you'll find an incredible amount of correlation. And then maybe go ahead again and listen to Dr. Jerry Marzinski's appearance, and maybe you two will get to a place where, um, to say coincidence or to entertain the idea that this isn't happening to these people, won't do you any good. It just doesn't. It doesn't fit. You know, that that becomes a stretch. You know how you, you, you hear a paranormal story and you go, well, that's a stretch. At this point in the game where I am to look and say, this isn't happening to these people, that's a stretch. Because the nothing that's happening to these people fits the bill of the nothing that's happening to you know, a bunch of other people. And this isn't just my show or or just Nephilim Death Squad. This is across. Um, I mean, I just told you guys in the beginning of this episode that I was floored with how many people I discovered had seen the Hat Man. Go look it up. Thousands. Thousands of people have seen this fucking dude in a duster coat or a cloak like the gunslinger um, that someone in the chat uh, mentioned earlier from uh, the Dark Tower series, the Stephen King book. Uh, thousands of people all over the world. I gave you an anecdotal story of a guy from Japan putting it in one of his video games when all the levels were, were modeled after his dreams. So the guy's telling you that he's having that. Yeah. Uh, Leech Troll says, what are the chances that all these people are having such similar personal experiences with the same sort of paranormal event. It's certainly not chance, in my opinion. It just doesn't make sense. Chance feels like much more of a stretch than just recognizing patterns. Uh, Green Mountain Girl, I did a rotation at an old psych hospital in nursing school. I wasn't even awake at that point, but I could still feel an oppressive presence there very interesting right it's like <laughs> that's a great example of 
it doesn't matter um, what you believe. You can still go to this place and you can still feel that presence. And I think we all know what that's like. When an energy changes in a room, some people have a gut feeling when something bad's about to happen. And it's intangibleness makes it something that we don't pursue or take seriously. Or maybe if we do take it seriously, we don't talk about it beyond the event because what's there to talk about? It came and it's gone and it's a quick story. But I've gotten to the point in all of this where I'm very comfortable saying that this is all spiritual warfare, that something is happening, and some people are more sensitive to it. And I don't think you're meant to ignore it. Kind of that notion like, oh, if you ignore it, then it goes away. I don't know if you're if that's a good move. It feels like it's as important, if not more important, than the physical reality that we live in. And it's part of the physical reality we live in. We just haven't developed, you know, the measurements for, uh, for, you know, describing it or not describing it, but um, testing it and proving it out. Maybe one day we will. Sometimes we get into this idea, Top and I, that these entities, they've been pushing us in a certain direction since the dawn of time. It's been uh, ancient man has attributed this demigod and that demigod for bringing them agriculture. This demigod and that demigod for um, for fire. And it almost seems like something's been pushing us slowly along to make us advance at a more rapid pace. And then you get to modern day, and it's like with the Roswell crash or these deals, right? that the government has where they're trading people. This is something I talked about on, on Rakowski and, and Clint Russell's show. I believe I talked about it there. was this idea that they are trading people for technology. And it's all been, we're trading people. We're giving them the pass. Take as many people as you want. Um, but teach us how to open portals. You know, that's why CERN is fucking up the timeline continuum. Uh, that's why there's all this high strangeness, paranormal entities being spotted around military bases. Because underground, these military bases are doing something weird with technology, and they're letting them in. And I just said we don't have the tools right now to measure these things. Maybe we're going to skip right over that part, and we're just going to get to the fucking, we now have the tools to bring them into this realm. I don't know. It's just something that I think about a lot. Anyway, uh, thank you, Scott, for submitting that testimony. A really awesome story. I'm glad that you shared it. I'm really glad that I was able to read it. And if you guys are out there and you don't want to, well, let's start with if you if you do want to speak, um, we would happily have you on Nephilim Death Squad. Colin was on there anonymously. He went by a different name. He didn't use a picture. If you guys are interested, you're hearing this, and you want to share the story, I offer you that. If speaking isn't your thing, then um, I offer you the Raven's Watch. Submit your story, and I'll read it on air. You can just DM me at David L. Corbo on Twitter, 
or you can email me the story at theravenswatch777 at gmail.com. Um, but this is all very interesting to me. I look forward to every submission. Uh, I'm actually really enjoying this. It kind of just gets the gears going. And um, also, don't forget, guys, go to toplobster.com. Get yourself some super dope Nephilim Death Squad merch. Um, I won't get into the details, but you can go to heavensharvest.com for prep food, water filtration uh, devices, as well as heirloom seeds. Use promo code Nephilim there for 5% off. You can go to purgesuddenly.com and get yourself some Parasite Cleanse, uh, which I think is actually probably much more important than we give credence to in Western culture. I know in places in Europe, they do Parasite Cleanses pretty regularly. You can go there and use promo code Nephilim for 10% off. You can go to Nado Shave Co. Uh, that's N-A-D-E-A-U shaveco.com to pick yourself up a pack of old-timey razors, stainless steel blades, uh, double-bladed, one on each side, and it's actually a single-blade razor. And what he doesn't know is he gave me a pack of 100 razors, and I'm never going to fucking use all those razors, guys. <laughs> I've got razors for like a year. I don't know how he thinks he's going to, but take advantage of him and his poor sales tactics. Go and get yourself a pack of 100 razors, and seriously not need razors again for like a year. Um, and also, don't forget that when you purchase any Nephilim Death Squad gear, you're tossed into that raffle, and you could win yourself an Enhanced Royal Rife machine that is a therapeutic frequency machine that people swear by when it comes to uh, treating all types of ailments. And one of the more common ones that I hear is actually um, headaches that they go away pretty quickly with this. So uh, head over to realrifetechnology.com. You could use promo code Nephilim there as well. Um, I'm not sure what percentage that gets you off. I got to talk to Matt. I forgot about that one. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. So don't forget, like and subscribe. Leave a five-star rating. This all helps the show to grow. And if you're looking for a way to really contribute, head over to patreon.com backslash Nephilim Death Squad. And, uh, there's three different tiers, a $3, a $5, and a $10, and that's going to get you guys access to those exclusive chats that we're closing the door on. All right, that's it. Thank you guys so much for watching. Scott, thank you for sharing, and until next time, guys, peace.